Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk all about the necessity for having a sense of humor in what's got to be the most crazy, insane, stressful times ever. (laughs) At the end of the day, yes, we do live in serious times. And we deal with an exorbitant amount of very frustrating, if not downright corrupt or downright evil things in our society today. But we've all inadvertently become a part of the problem rather than being a part of the solution, which is to have a sense of humor and sense of joy about ourselves despite everything that's going on in our life and around us. So we're going to talk about some of the things going on in our body politic today and how we must snuff out these little fires of quasi-fascism and get to a place where we hold ourselves and each other accountable to create a happier, better, more joyful world and society. We will talk about some of our own personal life frustrations how we're trying to grow Chef Bright Comedy YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, and it's it's a weird, weird time right now, what we're all dealing with, with the, all the things going on in the news and politics and some of the mass shootings. It, it gets downright depressing, but we have to combat that with something beautiful and joyful and, and hopeful, you know? Sometimes when we're dealing with life circumstances or a seriousness in the world we have to fight fire with fire in the sense that we have to fight all these things with our own sense of humor and our own sense of joy and our own sense to stand up and not be afraid in the face of danger or adversity at the end of the day we have to take back our life and find joy at any cost somehow some way we have to find joy and humor in this life no matter what thank you guys for your friendship and support and let's begin welcome back ladies and gentlemen to another episode of surviving empathy podcast i'm your host brian russell chef bright comedy and today i've got my wonderful beautiful co-host rebecca russell please say hello to the folks Hello, folks. So you guys, welcome back. It's been a spell. So we decided to record today on a Wednesday because, uh, frankly, we've been helping my mom every day get to her chemotherapy and radiation treatment. She has a little uh, cancerous tumor guy, an angry little feller down there in her colon, and uh, we are zapping that little bastard with uh, radiation and it's like basically giving him a sunburn every day. And he's like, no. <laughs> and that's what we do. And then uh, and then when he shrinks down, uh, they're going to, uh, you know, remove excise it. Excise that little Excise that little bag- bastard. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So we're really right now full on into this chemotherapy and helping mom deal with the fatigue, uh, helping her uh, cook and shop where applicable, although she's been doing really well by herself. Um, I'm really proud of her for that. You know, she she still goes to the store. She still cooks her meals. I, you know, cook meals occasionally, and I help her where I can. But uh, she's very self-sufficient, uh, a lot more than I was expecting, you know? Yeah, definitely. Happily so. Yeah. And this is spring in Oregon, so of course my fucking asshole neighbor is mowing his lawn, so they yay. yay. Thank you for ruining my life and career. Appreciate that. 
Uh, no, I'm kidding. But at the end of the day, you guys, today's episode, really, we're just uh, wanting to talk uh, openly and honestly about mental health. We want to talk a little bit about some of the goings on out there in our culture and society today. And we really uh, wanted to end the show about everything we know so far about the UFO UAP phenomenon. But the reason why we do that is because you guys, if we started with the fun shit, you guys would just tune out and that would be that. But no, fuck you. I'm holding you hostage. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm holding you hostage and, and, and you gotta you gotta eat your dessert after you eat your broccoli <laughs> yep. i'm just teasing but um no we're we're doing okay i just wanted to check in on you babe how's your mental health for the most part okay i'm just yeah you know i'm getting worn down with work again yeah no i know and i'm getting worn down in a, a lot of different ways i'm getting I'm, I'm bored again as tool says i i'm bored again you know because it's just i'm bored and they say oh you know metallica song there's always a lyric to counter every other lyric <laughs> uh, boredom sets into the boring mind oh well fuck you no Life can be mundane when you're not a giant rock star with lots of money. Um, at the end of the day, we're trying to get through life. We're trying to get through our uh, mental health and self-care. We're trying to be activists. We're trying to fight and stick up for what's right in this country and really just try not to turn into a radical. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody's radicalized, whether it be left-wing radicals, right-wing radicals, uh, the new radicals, and from the... <laughs> 90s. I uh, actually chirp, bought chirp. that CD, Did but you? I don't think I ever listened to it. I like that song. But it was I a good care. song. Yeah. That's why I bought it, but don't then I don't think I listened up. to you any of the rest of it. got the dreamer's disease. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. But I just wanted to talk about what's really up these days. You know, um, we're living in a culture and society where, you know, just... I swear to God, the aliens could show up or there could be nuclear war and we would still find some fucking reason to ignore all the problems in our culture. And uh, just keep going to those stupid jobs. Like, they're so fucking important. I, I just, I don't know. I get, I'm get i feeling very meta these days. Like, why do we get up every day and uh, go to these fucking stupid jobs that don't give a shit about anyone? All they do is lobby against regular people's rights. And yet we just hand them gobs and gobs of money to keep fucking us over. Here, sir, can I have another, please? I just, I don't know. I'm feeling very irreverent right now. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. You know? Yep. And I'm about to walk over and smack this guy <laughs> with the lawnmower. He's been mowing for two hours. Well, it just feels like no matter how fucking lame our society gets, we just kind of keep coming out for more. We wake up and we don't change. We don't try to make the world a funner, better place. And we're letting the assholes take over. We're letting the assholes take over. That's what, that's what this episode's about. We're letting the assholes take over. <laughs> Rebecca, what do you think? Uh, it's true. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not anti-capitalism or anti-corporatist, really. I just want them to, oh, I don't know, pay more than a secretary in taxes. You know what I mean? Uh, 100%. And I just want, you know, there to be morale again. I want people to wake up feeling excited about life. What the fuck is there exci any excitement about? And that brings me to a conversation I had. You know, so I've, I've had this falling out with my buddy. He's a chiropractor. We, we, we grew up together in high school. When I moved for the first time, we moved to this kind of bohunk town called Redding, California. And it's a lot of cowboy culture and shit there, you know. And I'm coming from Surf Central, you know. 
I'm like, dude, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> and and uh, we became friends. We became friends in math class, and that's how we got to know each other. He didn't have any friends yet. I didn't have any friends yet. We were both new to this place, and we just became friends. Uh, basically because we were in a similar situation, which was we just moved here from nowhere, and we were just trying to um, familiarize ourselves with the new culture here, you know. And it wasn't all bad. I got a little bit into the cowboy culture. I'll, I'll admit, I worked for a country radio station as a DJ. Um, I like some of the country, you know, especially the, the good stuff, the old stuff, like Johnny Cash. Oh, yeah, that's just Johnny good. Cash, Waylon Jennings, um, all the old greats, Willie Nelson, Good stuff, you know, and so um, I wasn't entirely against it. I, dur during this time, it was the 90s, I got into Garth Brooks. And if you listen to Garth Brooks, you know, you had to because all your girlfriends listen to Garth Brooks. So <laughs> if they listen to Garth Brooks, guess what? You listen to Garth Brooks now. Uh, but that was just the way it is. And so my friend and I, we've known each other for like 30 years. We've, we're, we're best of buds but at the but we've had a long long separation of time where we haven't been around each other and we've grown different we just grew up you know are in our own ways and so now he's a chiropractor and he's trying to um keep his business going and he's also um he he's got a couple of kids now and he he adopted he's and i'm very proud of him for that um but it, it's funny because you know, we had this falling out because he's got this really nasty attitude when he's upset. And he was making it personal about me. I'm like, what in the fuck did I ever do to you, guy? <laughs> you know? And it's just that it kept at it and at it. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, you know? And then um, I, I let him go for two years. I'm like, I'll let him stew for two years. And he can just fuck off, right? Well, finally, I started to miss the guy. I mean... Like I said, you you can't really get rid of friends you've had that long. It's, it's it's easier said than done. Yeah. And he's not a bad person. He's a very good person. He's a kind person. But um, he just he gets into all this white bread shit that I don't like, like the stock market and all that. You know, and it's just like no, I'm just it's not my jam. I'm sorry, nothing personal. But my point is, is that we've we've been trying to reintroduce ourselves to each other and get. Uh, back to special get back to good you know and it's hard because um he's a moody cantankerous motherfucker i can be a moody cantankerous motherfucker and the problem is like he calls every other call it's it's happy then sad happy then sad or happy then anxious happy then because he's trying to wrangle these kids you know and he's not used to the workload and he's trying to find life balance. And I get all that, you know. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is a lot. And so I give him full credit for kicking ass. You know, he's doing good. And we're and, and like I said, I love this person. I love him. He's my brother. He's my own, you know, I don't have any brothers or sisters in real life. And so this guy's my brother. And um, but we've got this, you know, long, tenuous past of just not uh, seeing eye to eye and so at the end of the day uh i just got to the point with him i'm like dude um i i can get cranky and you're gonna have to accept that you get cranky and i'm gonna have to accept that we're gonna have to let each other off this the hook we're gonna have to give each other some fucking slack because we're both older now wiser and guess what when you're post 45 you're good most men over 45 are cranky stubborn motherfuckers and that's just the way it goes and so we have to accept and let each other be and so my point is um 
Well, my point is simply is that friends can be difficult, especially when the world is going to shit. We're all trying to survive and the finances or, you know, you're trying to do this. You're trying to do that. You're trying to do all these things like us. I mean, you know, a lot of people, eh, why don't you get a real job? Had one, didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I've had so many good jobs and, and, and yet they didn't go anywhere. So I'm trying this thing called believing in myself, trying to make the world a better place. And a lot of people think you've lost your fucking mind. Hey, maybe I have. Maybe the cheese has slipped off the old cracker. But you know what? Call me weird, but I think that there's something better to do in this world than have some corporate fucking master making $12, $13 an hour and doing nothing with your fucking life. If that's a life for you and you think that's the straight and narrow, have at it, Hoss. I don't give a shit. Me, I want to evolve. Me, I want to make more than $13 an hour. Me, I want my uh, intellect and and personality to be maximized on this earth because this is the only life you have, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people nowadays just don't have the fucking uh, understanding of how short this life is. Uh, maybe it's this Judeo-Christian upbringing where they think they're going to live in the afterlife forevermore with great-grandma and shit. No, probably not. I mean, I hope so. I mean, I'm not trying to go against people's Christian values and beliefs. I like me some Christian values, but the one thing I can't get behind is is that, oh, yeah, we're going to live forever in the afterlife. What do you think we're going to be doing, playing fucking volleyball? What do you think happens after this? You fucking die, dude. And if there is a heaven and I'm wrong, hey, great, more power to us. That'd be fun, you know. But at the end of the day, we have to reconcile with the fact that this might, might, uh, just might be, it might be the only fucking life you have. And do you really want to waste it? Do you really want to squander it on shitty people, shitty jobs, Going nowhere, doing nothing, just, you know, it feels like some people are spending their whole life trying to fit in while the rest of us are trying not to fit in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to fit in. <laughs> not if that's what I'm fitting into. Exactly, because yeah. you're fitting into a, a mold of subserviency where you just have no passion. There's no, there's no greater values than what they set for you. No, yeah. it's got to be more than that. Yeah. You know? And so, if I'm making any kind of point at all, it's that human beings are getting on my fucking nerves, and yet I love humanity. I love doing the right thing. I love kindness, and I love paying that forward. That is very important to me. But at the end of the day, it doesn't seem like anybody fucking cares about anything anymore. And these people, they are not old souls. They are young, new noob souls. They're fucking stupid they don't know how to do anything they've got no class they got no fucking dignity and at the end of the day i'm sorry i don't want to get along in a world full of dipshits it's just no it and so we have to find our tribe and that's i've been trying to tell you guys this that emotionally you have to find your people because if you don't you're just gonna lose hope because there's so many dipshits out there there's so many people out there that and I'm not trying to be rude. I mean, there's a difference between being aggressively a dipshit and just not yet having the age or wisdom to know better. There's a difference. And so I I value young people. Um, I value uh, that they need certain things to happen in our culture for them to get better. We need to create a world for up-and-comers to be able to get 
by and to do well and to succeed. And so capitalism should reflect our values. And what I'm seeing in our culture anymore is anything but. I mean, you're seeing just the, the divisiveness, the hypocrisy, this toxicity daily in our daily systemic bread. You know, it's just it's all going to shit. Speak on that. Is Am I wrong? Well, am yeah. I just being negative? Well, it no, you're not just being negative. It's it's reality. I think things are starting to slowly come around. Yeah. But there's mm. still the whole just grind of go to your corporate job and yeah. just like it and suck it up. And, yeah, and then, that's what you get. And then people, you know, I, I, we were talking about the utility of college. You know, there's a great segment on The Daily Show that was talking about the utility of schooling and college anymore. And that um, that it doesn't always ever really go anywhere. You spend hundred dollars to $150,000 and oftentimes it's just to get you in the door. And oftentimes it doesn't prepare you or give you the life skills that you need to get there. And I got yeah. nothing against college. I love college. I love no. sch- scholasticness. But... If all it's doing is enriching you so you can have this pretty diploma on the wall while you live in a fucking piece of shit apartment working down at the Lowe's or Home Depot, well, Jesus Christ, fuck a whole bunch of that. What do you think? Yeah. Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, and college isn't for everybody. It just kind of brings to mind one of the kids that works at the store I work at as a cart guy. Yeah. Um, He's 18. He'll be graduating this summer and we've been talking about stuff and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to go to a trade school. Yeah. Like, good well, for you. I went to a trade schools, yeah, you know, I went to and college too, but everybody pushes, you, know. you have to go to a college, you have to get the degree, this and that. But trade schools are so important. These things that you learn probably pay better than you'd get going to a college and just getting a bachelor's in something and yeah. just ended up taking a well, shit at least job. Trade school trains you specifically for a type of, of field or a type yeah. of job and, and usually there's like apprenticeships or there's or like a job placement or something placement. right yeah. right well and my point is is that the cost of living is un fucking tenable and yet we have people in congress who just i mean there's some good ones that are trying you know katie porter a lot of ones good ones trying yeah. but there's a whole bunch i mean really when i see all these lawmakers It's like Jim Jordan breaking the law to defend Donald Trump. It's like, you're a lawmaker and you're breaking laws. Jesus Christ, no wonder our society's ass backwards. Holy shit, you know? It's because the rules don't apply to them, don't you know? Yeah, well, it's starting to (laughs) seem that way. That's what they think. And, and, And now you've got this whole thing going on now in Tennessee where people are sick and fucking tired of shootings. People are sick and tired of crazy people uh, entering public buildings and just shooting up the joint like it's a it's like it's the wild west. Talk about that. Yeah. Set up the whole thing with the Tennessee three. Okay, I uh, will do it. So yeah. yeah, so in Tennessee, this gives me a lot of hope for the young generations, though. That in Tennessee there is a giant protest yeah. um, of students against gun violence. Right, and so there was three members of. So what body, I can't remember exactly what body they are part of. Uh, so they're members of the state legislature. So yeah. I don't, I don't know I, I think how that's that all stuff it is. is put well, together yeah, it's, organized. It's, and, I think if it's, gov- if it's federal, you've got the House and the Senate. 
And if it's state, I think it's just the Senate. So it's probably yeah. the state Senate, perhaps. Maybe. It's just the state I legislature, I really. I, I was going to say, I didn't pay attention in high school, but actually that was the year my um, my government teacher decided he was running for office. So I didn't learn anything about government in my government <laughs> class because we had <laughs> substitutes that didn't teach us anything. Oh, the irony. I know, <laughs> I didn't learn jack shit in high school. I really didn't. Yeah. But anyway, so there was three members of the legislature that went on to the floor of the the house, the whatever the fuck building yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So, and they had bullhorns because they were in solidarity with these kids that were protesting against gun violence. Yeah. And it was three Democrats, yeah. two black men who right. are, they're both 28. So the Justins, the, as they've been oh, known yeah, to be called. They're both Justins, that's right. Yep. And then a white woman. Mm-hmm. So a couple of days after that, the head of this committee just arbitrarily decided, oh, we're going to vote and we're going to kick these guys out. And oh, imagine that the two black men got kicked out and the white woman did not. Yeah, and, and and she only hung on by a thread by yeah. one vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and their excuse was, "Oh, she didn't use the bullhorn." Well, yeah, exactly. And and so basically, what you're seeing, you guys, is a Republican a stronghold on Tennessee, who's been there for a very long time. We're talking deep, deep roots to uh, wealth and and probably the KKK. Probably, yeah. And and you're seeing the way they called him a, an uppity. And not in they didn't Something. say it, but yeah, their I'm words not say their it. words uh alluded to that. Yes. Right. So they're calling these black folks uppity. And and so what you're seeing now, you guys, is um people are sick and tired of mass shootings. Um if you don't know, um uh, the assault rifles like the AR fifteen were uh actually uh, uh, banned for ten years. And during that time we saw a a, a, a dramatic shift in the in the, in the lacking of gun violence in America. And then it got repealed. And by the way, if, if you care about this, uh, that was introduced by Joe Biden. It was. By the way. And, and I so think it was repealed in like 92 by, or something by like that. By George W. Yeah. Bush. Yeah. And then what we've seen since then is just this massive uptick of gun violence. And so um, as a veteran who cares about the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms, the thing of it is, is that um, we're not talking about pistols, we're not talking about muskets, and we're not talking about hunting rifles. We're talking about assault rifles that are automatic weapons. They are meant as a tool for war. They were never intended for civilian use, and yet they're... For recreation. Well, yeah. Well, what is recreation? What does that mean? <laughs> right. Shooting yeah. beer cans? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and uh-huh. so... And so the thing of it is, is that, you know, I can understand why some people think that that's infringement upon their rights, their Second Amendment rights. But at the same time, um, when you know the direct correlation between gun violence and assault rifles existing in our society, we know that there's direct correlation because all of the statistical evidence points directly to the fact that once you know, George W. Bush rescinded this this uh, assault weapons ban. Um, uh, the mass murders just grew exponentially. Yeah. And so yeah. people are sick and tired of being scared. So people are sick and tired of being scared to go to work, go to school, et cetera, et cetera. And we're putting this undue burden on children. And so at oh, the end absolutely. of the day, what it boils down to is that, yeah, you got this 
white entitled Republican Party in Tennessee that has a stronghold, a stranglehold on the state, and they it's become this good old boys club of patriarchy. And I've told you guys about the great patriarchies that are these oligarchies that are springing up that just have a um, they have such a majority that Democrats just can't ever do anything. And, and it's getting to the point where they don't even count the votes anymore. A bill will come up by a, a Democrat and they'll, they'll say, all in favor, all, all deny, and then, oh, the bill didn't pass. And and then yeah. they were, I saw this video where this guy, this woman said, the, the reporter says, well, you didn't even count the votes. And she's like, he's like, oh, it's it's by voice. It's my voice. So they don't and even. He didn't even finish the voice vote. Like he literally yeah. called it before. Before it was done. Before it was even. Right. Yeah. And so what you're seeing is this is this just this corruption, this 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 absolute disgusting superiority trip by these entitled white Republicans in Tennessee and all, and a lot of the red states. And, and and so now when Trump became president, yes, that's why you're seeing. Trump didn't invent all this stuff. He just brought it out in people. All the all the crazies and weirdos that were hiding under the rocks, all the racists, all the crazies who were hiding under the rocks now feel entitled and emboldened to go out and be dickheads. And so what's happening is we're creating a society of just people who don't seem to understand politeness, kindness, gentleness, decency. And, yeah. and and I'm all for the, the the Second Amendment, but why does everybody? I mean, they real they literally believe that the way you stop gun violence is because you know you stop a bad guy with a gun with a good guy with a gun. Well, we have a saying for that. It's called the Mexican standoff. And in Mexican standoffs, usually everyone dies because people get caught in the crossfire, and and so they don't care about you. They don't care about me. They don't care about anything but. Their fealty to Donald Trump and their love of the NRA and the the wealthy lobbies through the NRA and these gun lobbies that continually pay them and bribe them into subserviency and complacency. And so people are sick of it. And so you get all this upheaval and you finally get all these protesters to come out and then they try to say, well, you got out of line because you stood with the protesters. It's like, well, fuck you. And so, yes, what we're seeing, you guys, is, is a... Uh, little pockets of fascism catching root, catching fire throughout our country, and we have to stop it. And they will say all these things to try to trick you that the the liberals are the radicals. Oh, they're the radicals. We're the upstanding ones. Well, evidence has suggested that they're always the ones riling people up, changing the rules, breaking the laws, doing the things uh, it, it, you know, getting people, uh, you know, so riled up that they were willing to commit crimes for the cause or crimes for Donald Trump, or at minimum riling the Fox News base up to the point where they yell and scream at total strangers every day in your supermarkets and wherever. And so, yes, this, it, you know, I wanted to ask you, what do you think? Um, I, I always say, you know, the sun is the best sanitizer. And now that, that all this is in the open, wouldn't you say that um, this is a good thing? 
Well, yeah, and that just kind of, since we didn't really wrap up the whole Tennessee 3 thing, um, one of the Justins got reinstated two days ago. The other one is supposed to be tomorrow. Yeah, I heard he is going to, And speaking of Mm -hmm. the sun bringing things out, that it was something, they didn't expect it to go national. They expected it to happen in their little little bubble, and they were going to expel these guys, and nothing was going to happen, but it went national. And and that guy talking, he sounded like a KKK member. I mean, the way they talk. You know, it's like one of the Justin says, the decorum here allows you to treat us as mm-hmm. less than. Yeah. The decorum allows you to think that you are better than us and that you're our liege. And so you guys have to understand that in a representative democracy, nobody gets to own you. Nobody gets to intimidate you. And so we're learning that Republicans think... and feel like they should be in control simply because they are wealthy or simply because they're white or simply because they're old school money or they're old school KKK or they're just old school oligarchs. And so at the end of the day, we have to fight systemic racism, systemic corruption in the Republican Party. Now, all that being said, do I think all conservatives are bad and and evil? No, of course not. But, But there is a complacency with the more centered and more moderate Republicans that don't seem to care how their party's being completely decimated of fairness, of, well, of goodness. I think there are some, but they're mm-hmm. not they're not speaking very loudly against it. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, and so this episode today, I don't want to get into anything uh, too heavy, but, but my point is, is that... Um, you know, when you're 48, 50, 51 years old, when you're getting older, you guys, you get sick and tired of waking up on a planet that can't, you know, behave itself. They can't grow and learn and evolve. And so that's why activism has become important to us. Now, that being said, what's also important to me, too, is having fun and enjoying life. If this, you know, you know, I got nothing against Christians and Christian values, of course, but don't assume just because I'm, you know, a little more on the atheist side that I lack morals or values. Quite the contrary. <clears throat> I see uh, a conservative Christianity that is uh, losing its touch with what is right and wrong. Speak on that. Oh, yeah. It's I don't I don't know how. Well, it's always been that way, I think. But yeah, just people use it as a crush or use it as an excuse or a way to do things. And, oh, we're doing it in the name of the Lord or we're doing it because of this, because that's of that. what almost and, makes it worse, though. Yeah, it is. You know, well, yeah. Or yeah. they do things. Oh, well, it's OK, because I asked for forgiveness on Sunday. So <laughs> right. I'm OK. I'm good. Well, that's exactly it. You know, I saw a thing like that the other day. It says that, you know, Christianity and and religion can be dangerous when it's used as a cudgel to do bad things. And when they use this shield to shield themselves of their own wrongdoing or their own lunacy, they, 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 you know, and, and that boils down to, you know, where the world is today is I feel like the world is losing its ability to be self aware. We're losing our self awareness and everybody's just gotten weird. And I feel like as I grow into a better, kinder person, the world uh, just is lacking the utility to evolve and be aware enough to uh, to govern itself. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You know, so what it boils down to is I feel like our society has lost the appreciation for the urgency of now. 
What I mean by that is that people don't realize that we can't keep kicking the can down the road when it comes to our politics or when it comes to uh, cleaning up you know, the whole problem with climate change and getting rid of the problem when it comes to systemic uh, violence. At the end of the day, I mean, good grief. I mean, the last one that just happened, this guy worked in a bank and he went and he killed a bunch of people, including his boss. And this guy mm. wasn't considered crazy. He was an athlete. The one thing they did say about him, though, is that he had too many concussions and that perhaps he had some kind of traumatic brain injury but my point is you guys is that if we can't identify the, the crazy people anymore then we're going to have to do something about the guns because yeah. well and <laughs> the know. thing with that shooting that was in mm. kentucky right some of the police officers on scene for that one had to leave to go to another shooting at a school a couple god. miles away god yeah and that's, and, and, and that's and, what's making them talk about not even just mm, regulating mm. the guns taking that kind of gun away because he yeah. was someone that would have been able to get one legally sure he would have passed all so, the checks and balances yeah. because mm -hmm. he had no priors or any of that yeah. yeah and and i don't you know and that's the thing i try to get into the mind and the mentality of these people like i understand people get angry i i well, yeah. wrestle with anger all the time mm -hmm. but i've never wanted to shoot someone yeah that's not the normal solution for being well and angry i don't understand things. if you're gonna kill yourself why do they what what is going on with this mindset that they have to kill others and um, especially strangers? Do you? I'm trying to. I don't understand, understand that. Yeah, or especially children. I just yeah. I don't get it. It's yeah, if you sick. just want to kill yourself, just kill yourself. Just get like, rid of yourself. Yeah, or go turn yourself into mental health. Yeah, and you know? I mean, I'm assuming this guy's problem was with his bosses. So why go and kill? Co-workers, it just it does not make sense to me right. at all. Well, just, and and so and I don't mean to pick on Republicans and conservatives out there who consider themselves good people or good Christians. Hey, so long as you're not a hypocrite, you're good in my book. I, I'm not trying to be this like woke liberal or anything like that. I want common sense solutions, and I want us to stop with the daily horseshit of left versus right politics, the identity politics. I mean, if you can't separate right from wrong because your party has got you so riled up about this or that or whatever i mean at the end of the day you, people are losing their greater sense of understanding how to be aware of who they are and what they are and at the end of the yeah. day if you can't fix yourself and govern yourself then how can we govern an entire society yeah i I don't know. Well, you know, when I was a kid, I mean, the, the the I don't know how they did it, but some of the cowboy guys used to bring guns in their gun rack just for a show. I mean, they didn't take mm -hmm. it out of their car, yeah. but they're not even 18 yet. I don't even know the legalities of that <laughs> shit. But my point is, yeah. is that there used to be a time where human beings could govern themselves without worrying about the worst always happening. What do you mm -hmm. think that is? I'm, I mean, it was it was a different time, and I don't yeah. really well. Uh, that is before the repeal of the law yeah. banning assault rifles. Well, and but I mean that repeal was only for for ten years. And, no, I know. And so but, there was none of that shit when in our era, and there was no yeah. assault weapons ban then. Yeah. Well, that was around the time, though, it was because it was repealed in 92. Yeah. So it would have been those years. But, but when we were in high school, I, it hadn't yeah. been banned yet. And yet we didn't worry daily about gun violence. Yeah. 
I don't so what know. Changed, I don't do know think? what. Ch- I mean, society has definitely changed. Yeah, it's become tougher and more grueling and harder for people. And like I think it's become more and, mean and cruel. And yeah. the political div- divisiveness. Uh, every time there's yeah. a shooting, I always assume that it's politically motivated because I feel like they're riling people up to the point of no return. And it, it, yeah. they gotta back off this rhetoric, the Fox News rhetoric, the hate machine that keeps churning out outrage. Not everybody has the um, ability to not be triggered. I know. And while I wouldn't blame them directly, I do believe as a consequence of Tucker Carlson and all his horse shit, uh, they're riling up this base to be domestic terrorists. Oh, absolutely. There's no other way to they say it. They should be held accountable because they know what they're doing. Yeah. They, they go into it knowing exactly what they're doing, but then they're like, oh, we don't mean it. We're entertainment. If they, list, if right. they take that seriously, <clears throat> then that's on them. And it's it's not right. I don't no, it's not right. But I didn't want to keep talking about that. I just yeah. wanted to uh, air it out and talk about it real quickly. But, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we've got to convince people. See, that's the thing about ignorance is that when you remain politically ignorant, you can't tell who the good guys and the bad guys are. And it's easy to go, well, Democrats are such pussies and blah, blah, blah. So I'm a conservative. Well, I hate to break it to you, but I'd rather have my my um, I'd rather have my uh, politicians be kind and gentle pussies than a bunch of angry, punitive oligarchs that want to tough love your ass all the time. Mm-hmm. That's just yeah. not hum- humane to me. No, it's not. You know, Mm-mm. yeah. And so I don't I don't mind when uh, conservatives uh, try to be a part of the solution, but it feels like they're the major major part of the fucking problem now. Don't yeah. you think? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. And, and yet half of the people out there are too goddamn dumb or ignorant about who to blame or how to think this shit through. I mean, if you mm-hmm. don't, it, it would be like if you read a book. Say you opened up a book to page 486 and you were supposed to know contextually what was going on in that book. You wouldn't know because you, why? Because you hadn't read those 460 two pages before it to find out what was going on. And so when it comes to activism today, yes, it takes a little bit of a fucking intellect. Have we lost our ability to be intellectual anymore? Are we just all a bunch of TikToker fucking dummies now? What's going on? A lot of people. But that just brings to mind. I feel like I'm kicking a dead horse with that, you know? Well, that just brings to mind what we found out about yesterday is that the Biden administration is now going to actively start working with what they're calling like independents, like TikTokers and influencers. Mm-hmm. So they're going to, they're working to get policies and what's going on in the world out into that world because well, it's a whole different group of people that don't watch right, the news and right, they don't right. watch well, things like and that. And that's the thing is I used to be young and not in politics too. So I yeah. get it. I get mm-hmm. it. I'm not trying to be harsh to our younger viewers. Yeah, but they, they need to know but good what's going grief on. i mean you've got so many problems that could be instantly solved with mm-hmm. the power of urgency of now but it's a start so yeah they're, yeah, no. they're trying to make sure the information gets out to people that wouldn't normally watch an msnbc well and i do think a lot of the young people now are more politically active than in our time oh yeah well especially ones that are in high school yeah that are being you know held down in high schools that are being shot up like that pisses them off. It's it's motivating it them politically, right. and it's going to carry over into all the other well, issues and, also. And, and so the way we all have to look at this, you guys, is that 
I'm not anti-conservative and I'm not trying to bash my opposite. What I want conservatives to realize is that um, you have to toe the line of decency within your party, within your framework. If you if you continue to elect sociopaths and narcissists and gun crazies into the party who are punitive and open up child labor laws and do all these weird fucking things like Governor Sanders did uh, in Arkansas, she fucking created, she just passed a bill, this Huckabee Sanders gal, I call, I don't even yeah, want to tell you no, what I call her, no. but, um, <laughs> but she, she, she's opening up child labor laws. What in the fuck? I know. Speak on that. What fucking year are we in? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They get in, they like, you know, they mm-hmm. talk about all the big issues when they're running for office and mm-hmm. then they get in and start doing stuff that's completely not what they talked about. None of for it. For one, because yeah. they just said what they had to say to get into office. And they always talk about the left this- being the radical left. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, you guys are more radical yeah. in every single discernible way. Yeah. And I just want conservatives to realize that if you, you know, that'd be like us. If we're 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 progressives, but imagine if we kept ramming through politicians that were doing awful shit and just going, "Well, I didn't do it." Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. You voted that shit in through your apathy and indifference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And why we can't get you know because people, man, God, especially in the South. Oh, don't tell people you're going to take their guns from them. They flip out. I mean, gun sales went up like 80% when Obama became president, all because of their fear of a black planet. What does that mm-hmm. tell you about our society, man? Oh, my God. It says that we are still very regressive. Yes. And that's why we exist, to just let people understand where the line ought to be. Yeah, It shouldn't be, you know left versus right or some extreme left or extreme right i mean at the end of the day the line of decency is not that hard to find shouldn't be yeah well and that's what i mean about self-awareness i mean people just lack self-awareness i mean it's like good grief it's like if you had a booger hanging out of your fucking nose would you just leave it there i mean that's what self-awareness is is understanding your place in the world uh, and just Knowing how to, I don't know, knowing your when you're out of line, knowing when mm-hmm. you're supporting bad things, knowing when your attitudes are contributing to a problem rather than solving it. And so long as yeah. we keep bickering back and forth, and back and forth in the politics, uh, I don't think we're ever going to get anywhere. And so what I'm hopeful of is that, uh, you know, this problem is solved by the Republican Party just losing elections and learning its lesson until fascism and pseudo-fascism are snuffed out. Because at the end of the day, when you give rich, white, entitled people too much power, they tend to get corrupt. And so that's Mm -hmm. what's going on. Yeah, it is. And they just have a bad attitude. And they think they're better than everyone. And they think they're superior. And they want to continue to create a society of corporatism and oligarchs and bad jobs and they want us all to shut up and, 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 and enjoy it. And it's, and it's like, no, we are creating a world that's no longer working and functioning the way you and I remember when we were in our 20s. College should be doing something. College shouldn't be this expensive. And we're, the utility of everything is gone. And then what happens? That erodes the social fabric. 
and the trust we have in that social fabric. And so what happens? People start being less trusting of their government, of institutions like college. I mean, I see these ads all the time talking about these higher learning institutions, and I can't tell whether it's real or if it's another fucking Trump mm-hmm. University scam bullshit. No, it's it's <laughs> hard to tell. You don't know. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I'm not anti, you know, different. You want to be different than me? Fine. You want to be conservative? You want to be Christian? Fine. Just don't be a fucking hypocrite about it. And if you really are a Christian, then you should love thy neighbor. You should walk the walk and talk the talk and quit being a fucking weirdo about it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, God, what is going on, you know? So I'm going to pivot a little bit here. You know, I think, is there anything more to say on that subject, hun? Not really. Yeah. Just that I think things are starting to very slowly change. Yeah, and you guys have so, to have patience. Incremental yeah. progress takes time. Um, kind of reminds me of what I uh, always say is that um, is don't lose sight of incremental progress. Um, that we don't sacrifice the ideal uh, for the incremental progress. In other words... You know, like if if you were lifting weights and you were getting incrementally better, you wouldn't just give up because you're not seeing instant results. You're not at the top yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the same with politics, is that we can't sacrifice incremental progress because we're not seeing the ideal. It's like these ride or die, well, I'm not going to vote, you know, I'm I'm a ride or die with Bernie. Hey, I love Bernie Sanders too, but... If you don't get your head out of your ass and vote for the Democrat, Trump's going to win again, and then we're going to have to roll back progress all the fucking more. So this yeah. this purity test, dude, I understand your passion, but this it. is not yeah. the time, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I saw this thing today on Instagram, and it was just more advice, how to be a man kind of shit, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, God, here we go again, right? And it's like... Telling you, you know, you got to do this and you got to do this. You got to lift weights. Don't masturbate every day. Don't look at porn. Uh, Do this, do that, do this. And while I kind of tend to agree with some of them, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it's like, you know, (laughs) influencers don't give a fuck about you. They give a fuck about themselves. And, and so why are we living in a society that's so emotionally immature to even be bothered with all this shit? Why are we promoting all these voices of hate and all these voices of idiot bullshit? What is going on? How, how I are, don't get it. This it's, shit wouldn't have caught fire in our era. Yeah. Well, it's just the whole celebrity thing, and it's yeah. the cult of celebrity. And yeah, the cult of celebrity is getting yeah. out of hand. Yeah, it is. I just got a thing the other day um, because, you know, I'm popular enough to be considered a public figure and uh i i a few months ago went back to try to get my check mark for instagram and i didn't get it because well because it was under chef right comedy and not my name mm-hmm. maybe if i had changed it to to my name i might have gotten it but now instagram uh and, and meta are selling badges for 14 dollars a month or yeah. 15 dollars mm-hmm. a month 14.99 yeah like good grief I- I mean, and and you see what's going on with, like, Twitter and Elon Musk. It's like, like, I don't, you know, this guy is the founder of Tesla, the biggest hippie liberal car on the block. He didn't found it. Well. He bought it. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just mean he owns the shit now. Well, he does. Yeah, and but. and he's he's the owner of the car that symbolizes hippie liberalism and can and and and, and forward thinking kindness and all that. And yet he's like Mister fucking gun toting uh, right wing weirdo, yeah. and he's fucking up Twitter. Uh, I just watched you know one of uh, the guys we watch on YouTube, Chris Duckman. He couldn't get back on. Somehow he got off Twitter. He could something got it messed up. Sounded like up. somebody hijacked his account yeah. or something. Well, and he had yeah. to hire a fucking lawyer yeah. to get it back. It's mm-hmm. like Jesus Christ. Remember in the days, the simple days when uh, you could just write Twitter and they'd fix your problem. Yeah. I, I just mm-hmm. I, the the utility, the functionality of our culture and society is getting wayward at best. Why? Because we keep putting people in power that have no ability. To lead. Speak on that. Yeah. It's just a popularity contest. Yeah. It's just, and they don't oh, have any That's how fucking abilities. Trump got a, a elected. Like, everybody knew. He was a celebrity. Everybody knew him. So elect him to be president. Well, he, he has this image of Mr. No-Nonsense Business Guy, but this motherfucker couldn't make an omelet. This guy couldn't tie his own shoes. I don't... Why do people get tricked into thinking that you know, all these celebrities are these badass motherfuckers. I mean, listen, I'm an ex-chef. I'm an ex-soldier. There's not a whole lot on this planet I don't know how to do. I edit my own videos. I edit my own audio. I do virtually everything myself. Why? Because I'm not rich. I, I had to learn everything myself. And yet we live in a society where we're just granting all this power to these people that have literally no idea what they're doing. And it just... It, like you said, it's the cult of celebrity. I, it blows my mind. Yeah, it does. People just get sucked into that. And they just assume that somebody's a celebrity, so they're better than us. They're more qualified than us. Yeah. It just blows my mind. Trump couldn't walk a dog, dude. He wouldn't even know how to put a leash on. <laughs> no. Oh, gosh. We watched this video the other day of this uh, pastor, this Christian pastor, and he had a beard and all that. And... He was talking to his base, like saying, Trump is not a god. And he was very serious about it. And that's what I mean, is that he has been elevated to godlike status. And I'm like, oh my god, only in the dumbest, most foolish society ever could a dumb motherfucker like Trump ascend to demigod status. Please speak on that. Oh my it God. reminds me of the other thing we watched the other day, the Lincoln Project's new ad. Mm-hmm. Just all these people talking about how he's their savior mm. and he's the, well, I don't want to say, nobody actually straight up said he's the Messiah, but he's the savior of our country, he's the savior of everything. It, well, God, it's fucking ridiculous. And it all boils down to uh, the evangelicals. If you look, if you don't know how to figure things out, you guys, I always say, if you can't figure out the motivation behind something, Follow the money. Yeah. Follow the money. Why mm-hmm. do you think they care about Donald Trump so much? Not because he's this, that, and the other thing, but because he had more traction pound for pound in the Republican zeitgeist than any one candidate ever has since Nixon, right? And so they 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 grapple to him and they see all the corruption that he is good at and how he's Teflon Don and he gets away with everything. And he's good at um, just, you know, avoiding uh, pr- prosecution, right? 
avoiding consequences of any type. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. so they love him for that because why? Because they know that he's going to protect the rich. They know he's going to protect the evangelicals and they and he knows that they're going to pr- protect people who you know, they say, well, he protects the people like, you know, the small conservatives who are being persecuted. Like you're only being persecuted because you're fucking evil. <laughs> Not all of them, of course, but I mean, when you're you're talking about the KKK members, the neo-Nazis, all these fucking crazies and lunatics and the fringe, you know, it's like the asylum has taken over or the, the, what's the, what's the, the old, inmates, the inmates have taken <laughs> over the asylum. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so, no, I'm not against conservatism in and of itself, but at the end of the day, if you're still voting for this shit, then you're wrong. You're fucking stupid. You fucking don't see it and and every time we get conservatives back in power they fuck up the economy they get punitive they die right into women's reproductive organs and then they do weird shit and and project all their creepy shit onto us and our society yeah that they do (laughs) it's like good grief i mean you don't you know and then people get all like on me and critical of me because i have the balls to say it well it's not that hard to see you fools no god It doesn't take an empath to see what they're trying to do. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to parcel out this country for themselves. The wealth, the elitism, the corruption. So long as it benefits them, they don't care. And that's what I mean. That's the difference fundamentally between Republicans and Democrats is that remember when Anthony Weiner was in, you know, he was on TV all the time. And he was Mr. You know, Senator, and he was like, we all loved him. And then it came out that he was a creep, that he was videoing his dick to underage girls and all this shit. Well, guess what? I didn't defend him. him. Out. I yeah. cut bait on that motherfucker quicker mm-hmm. than shit. Yeah. And yet, that's the fundamental difference is that they don't care about crime. They don't care mm-hmm. about anything so long as it benefits them. They are not bound by moral obligation, yet they should be because they're the ones that claim to be the constitutionalists. They're the ones that claim to be the Christians. And yet at the end of the day, so long as it benefits them, they don't seem to really care about ethics or the law. That's exactly it. You know? You got any more to add about our culture and society today? Because I'm going to start pivoting into UFO shit here. Anything else yeah. we can say about that? Because I've got Nothing a few really. things. Just like I always say, mm. just pay attention to what people are doing. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. And like I said, I am not trying to be punitive of young people. I am not trying to persecute people for having to self-care or people who have depression or people who are sick and tired of their horrible lives and jobs. And yes, it's discouraging. And that's what we're here for. Was, we're not here to discourage. We are here to get you to realize that to quit being dependent of systems that are only going to fuck you. At the end of the day, yeah. we have to be our own person. Yeah. You know? Well, before we start the UFO UAP thing, I wanted to talk about, I got a few things here, uh, just lists of random shit. I just want to get rid of them because they're not big enough for a full episode. First, I have here Singh Guru. So now we like Sad Guru. He's this Indian guru guy. There's this guy now. He's kind of popular on TikTok and you know, various social media platforms. He's called Singh, S-I-N-G-H, Guru. And he's like, fuck it, go home. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll play one for you. Hold on. Okay, so he's just a guy that's gone viral, and he's kind of taken advantage of the whole guru phenomenon. You've got 
influencers like Jay Shetty, and you've got all these people always telling you to work harder and do more. And he's kind of the contrarian to that. He's the opposite of that. And his actual name is Self-Help Sing. Yeah, it's called yeah. Self-Help Sing. It's Self-Help, S-I-N-G-H. And you yeah. can find him on YouTube and wherever, TikTok. Uh, but I'm going to play this one for you guys just so you can get a kind of a flavor of what he's all about. When you have a bad day, give up. Go home and sleep. Fuck it. Try again tomorrow. Not every bad day can become a good day. Some days are fucked and cannot be unfucked. When you have a day that is fucked beyond repair, that is the universe speaking to you, sending you a message. Listen to the universe. Go home. Save your energy. Tomorrow is another day. For now, just fucking chill. Okay, so yeah, and so that's you know, there's a whole bunch of those, but uh, basically, oops. <laughs> so that's what he does is he kind of he he kind of turns the whole self help thing on its head to say things that are a little more controversial, a little less. I mean, because I think we live in a culture that's just so so infatuated with progress, and mm-hmm. I don't mean progress for like progressive. I mean, just productivity. It's all about and positivity, positivity, and- productivity. We're not allowed to admit anything. We're never allowed to take a day off. We're ne- we always have to do the positive and you know upbeat thing. And he's kind of like, "Fuck all that." Sometimes <laughs> you have a bad day, yeah. you know. And uh, and that just kind of reminds me that you guys, oh, I don't know how to say this without hurting feelings, but. I think 90% of people would be better off and have better mental health if they just did one thing. And that is grow a sense of humor. Oh my God. Speak on that, please. <laughs> it definitely helps. Yeah. People, yeah, I mean, just being so serious and so, so tight, so serious all the time. And yeah. you and I, we talk about serious shit all the time, mm-hmm. but when the, when the show's over, we don't sit there and linger on our depressed thoughts all the time. We, we snap out of it. We, we, encourage people to try to be more jovial and fun loving at the end of the day we're becoming a culture and society i know it's getting more serious yes because it's more complex complexity requires thought complexity requires you know tuning in and figuring these things out it's hard i know life is getting harder and more grueling i will get i will grant you that but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day i just think people would be just so much less uptight and less stressed out and anxious if they grew a fucking sense of humor oh my god it definitely helps yeah i mean yeah you have to take things seriously but of course not so seriously that it just overtakes everything yeah you have to be able to see the funny in things yeah well like last night i just i was tired i didn't feel like doing anything and so what did i do i decided to kill two birds with one stone and watch back to back revenge of the nerds and then Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, are these movies stupid in every way? Yes, but that's the <laughs> point. I mean, people say, oh, well, it, it racially stereotypes. Yes, because people used to have a, people didn't used to get hung up on this shit, you know? And yeah. so long as it's not racist, so long as it's not being actually regressive, I'm fine with it. At the end of the day, I mean, you know, I find it, I don't know, somewhat cute that there's these nerds that like hang on to each other for help and it's like it's like when um poindexter's walking through the airport and he smacks into the door because he's so blind and then uh 
uh, Lamar, the gay one, grabs him and pulls him this way. In other words, they've got each other's back, and there's something yeah. so fucking endearing about that, don't you think? They found their tribe. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> they found their tribe. Exactly. And I don't know. I just, I think the world would just be better off. Yes, the world's getting serious. And it's scary. I know. How can you laugh and goof when everything's getting shitty? Well, I agree. But that's why you have to do what's right for you. If a job is bumming you out, leave it. I mean, yes, don't leave it right the second, but work your way towards a better job. I mean, uh, we have to learn to traverse this world in a way that empowers us, that that allows us to retain our personality and sense of humor. It seems like people yeah. have no personality anymore. Yeah. Speak on that. Don't. A lot of people just are so tied <clears throat> into their their internet stuff and their TikTokers and their influencers. Right. And they just try to copy and be exactly what everybody is telling them needs to be perfect or is the the way to be and well and, and don't act everybody gets and, triggered by everything yeah. now it's like holy shit good grief i've i've done entire episodes on how not to become triggered and the the the, the gist of it is is i don't get triggered by anything why because i don't feel like anything anyone says out there applies to me i don't take it personally you want to be a douchebag and say fucked up shit that's on you dog that's you know living in i don't want to live rent-free in your head at the end of the day it doesn't affect me any so at the end of the day i think people just need to learn how to relax and have a sense of humor and find joy and delight in the mundane what do you think yeah absolutely how would you what what can we do to tell folks without overthinking this how do we get folks to understand how to find joy in what appears and i say appears appears to be a joyless society you just have to pay attention to the little moments because yeah, overall things are hard and yeah, things suck. Sure. But you just have to look around and find the little things that you can take pleasure in. And yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, I'm looking quick, at flowers on the TV screen here, like seeing right. the flowers growing in the park, enjoying or, the sunshine, yeah. enjoying fresh mm-hmm. air, enjoying your time with your dog or cat. Yeah. Um, uh, you don't have to be out there all the time seeking fame and fortune. I mean, fuck. I mean, it's like my friend Jim, like he wants to be successful and he wants to leave a legacy of hard work and, you know, success and all that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but Sometimes when he's not doing well, he gets um, really broken down where he's beat up. He's got some PTSD and he he gets very um, just, uh, what's the word? He gets what he uh, calls adrenal fatigue, where he gets so down and so over it and so upset. And it's like, I feel like every other day I'm dealing with this with him. And I get it. I get it. It's hard. I'm not trying to judge him for that. I just mean to say that maybe if he just, if white people learned how to stop being so uptight and pull the fucking tidy whities out of their butt cracks, they might just, I don't know, grow a sense of humor and learn to just, I don't know, embrace the the imperfection that is being human. Oh, absolutely. You know? And by concentrating on your legacy or what you're leaving behind, you're not paying attention to the small little things that are happening in your life. Well, and and I also think that people are trying so hard to be perfect too, right? Yeah. Um, that I embrace my imperfectness because it's what makes us human. And that's what I liked about watching Revenge of the Nerds last night is that 
they're just imperfect, but they're loving toward each other. And there was something very endearing about it. Yeah. Because that was a day where, you know, you couldn't make a movie like that today, showing women the way they do and like, oh, hair pie, you know, like they could, you could never get away with that shit. But there was an innocence in it. That was what we used to call college hazing. There was college traditions, panty raids and, you know. Uh, playing practical jokes on the jocks and getting back at those who hurt you. And there was a something sort of empowering watching these nerds get revenge on these jocks. It's just, I don't know. It's just yeah. very endearing to me mm-hmm. because, you know, and, and in watching those movies, I was reminded of something. I was like, don't these jocks, the alpha betas remind you of the modern Republican party mm-hmm. who think yeah. they're better than you feel more entitled to be in charge. And yet, really can't seem to bring it when it comes to bettering the quality of life for those involved. Yeah. And so, you know, I actually, you know, and I know someone's going to get offended by this. Oh, it's without fucking fail. But I call it whitey-itis. White people. I'm white. I love black culture and black people. Why? Because they're everything we aren't. You know, like, why, like, I was making a joke yesterday, Um, we were coming home, and I said, you know, black crime is like crimes of, like, uh, petty crimes, crimes of necessity. Well, I need, I had to do this because I have no money or whatever, right? White crimes, every time you watch true crime, it's never black people, it's always white, whitey. It's always whitey. (laughs) And why is that? Because white people, A have a sense of superiority over others and B uh, are, are uptight and can't take a joke and, and C white people, only white people would, would have such vengeful hearts to kill your spouse. Whatever happened to fuck that bitch and walk the fuck away. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. You rarely see a case of true crime where it, ha- where it's, you know, a, a person of color. <laughs> what do you think that is? I I don't know. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, the whole I mean, conversation was because I watched a Bailey Sarian episode and yeah. it was for the millionth time, it was a woman who mm. killed her husband or hired someone to kill her husband because there's a life insurance policy. Yeah. And As she didn't as, want to be with him anymore. And they think they're the ones that are gonna outsmart yeah. mm-hmm. like I'm sorry, but you know, these detectives know that every time there's a murder of a married person the first place they're going to look is at the husband, dipshit. Like, good grief. Why or do the they, wife. Or the wife, depending. The yeah, wife, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just mean, like, I mean, uh, why do these people think that, like, they're not, they're going to get away with this shit? And then they put out insurance policies. Like, tell that story of that one. Oh, yeah. Well, this one, the husband had, first, he, he did have a $800,000, I think, insurance policy that mm-hmm. was that was going to go to her. And then he had changed the beneficiary on it, and it wasn't her, but she was cheating on him with the guy who worked in life insurance. Yeah. And they they changed the policy and forged his signature, but Mm -hmm. they failed to recognize the fact that for decades, every time he signed a document, he'd do that little religious fish thing. Yeah, yeah. Every single document for decades. And then all of a sudden stopped. They didn't. The one document, they didn't do well, that. And do they so that, think that, that a, a professional detective isn't going to yeah. see that you work in insurance and that mm-hmm. that the policy got changed under while she was cheating? I mean, good grief. I know. Like the timeline, it's so simple. Like 
Like, if that was a movie, it'd be the worst movie ever because it's so easy to figure out. People just think they're so smart. I know. And they're going to be the one to get away with it. Right. Mm. And it's always, like I said, it's always these white people. I mean, there's crime by black people, sure, but it's usually crimes of necessity, not hate-filled crimes. Um, I don't know. I think white people need to check themselves before they wreck themselves. <laughs> and I know someone's going to get upset by that, but I'm white. What are you talking about? I'm racist to white people. No, I just think white people need to chill out, relax, grow a sense of humor, grow a personality and try to, I don't know, I think society is just trying so hard to be perfect. You see all the fitness, you see all the beautiful people, you see all the Kardashians, you see all the, uh, I don't know, handmade purses being made by rich celebrities and everyone's got to have one. Like the me, me, me society, I call it. And it's just like... I don't know. I think Whitey needs to check their ego at the door, wouldn't you say? I mean, mm-hmm. not everybody, well, of course. I'm of generalizing, people, yeah. but, you know, yeah. just I think our, the world would be a much better place if if white people could just slow their roll and relax. Be humble. <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying. I'm, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to pick on anyone. I just, you know, at the end of the day, we would all have better mental health and have greater clarity and purpose in our life if we weren't always so emotionally fragile, if we grew a sense of humor, if we understood the importance of just being a little offensive sometimes, not racially offensive, none of that crap, that that shit gets old. But I just mean, I'm a, you know, I have a very adversarial personality I enjoy the fuck out of messing with people. I'm sorry. Maybe that makes me wrong or evil. I don't know. But my point is, is why do I have an adversarial personality? Because I've been fucked with my whole life. And I've learned to stick up for myself and not get all crazy butthurt when others are screwing around. You just just understand the greater nature that the world is becoming full of people that are full of shit. And to identify that and avoid those trappings before you get too far into it. (laughs) But yeah, the, the, the scene guru guy, you know, I just, it just reminds me that we've all become infatuated with perfection, with, with positivity, with functionality. And I don't know, like I see a world. I said this the other day, I wrote it in an email. I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I said, we need, we don't need more business assholes and perfect people in the world. We need more lovers, carers, teachers, and healers, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not, I don't mean to generalize, but sometimes you have to generalize to make a point. But the point is, is that we don't need more gurus and, and influencers. We don't need more business people telling us how great and perfect they are. At the end of the day, we need people to humble themselves and learn to be normal. What happened to people? Please speak yeah, on that. I don't know. The whole just influencer culture and yeah. there's already always been like celebrity yeah. worship and celebrity right. culture, but it's just kind mm. of taken up to a whole new level these days, it seems. Yeah, so, yeah. Well I don't and, know. You know, and, and while we struggle to find a voice on the airwaves, I'm getting really discouraged about my place because I feel like I'm trying to do this unique thing where we challenge modern sensibilities and say, Hey, we hold up a mirror to society and say, here's the parts that aren't working out. And yet people get so butthurt. And yet 
I don't want to be the kind of person where I have to constantly worry about growing a channel and a brand based on, um, you know, unpopular points of view. But the point is, is that common sense is not so common anymore. No, it is not. You know? I say that every day at work. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy, right? <laughs> Anyways, let's get into the UFO UAP phenomenon, okay? Okay. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you guys, we are a paranormal podcast, you know, but we like to, you know, we don't like beating a dead horse. You know, if you don't have new information to give, I don't want to keep speculating on whether ghosts are real or not. At the end of the day, we're soft believers. We don't necessarily believe that everything you see is real, but um, I'm convinced that there are cases where the paranormal seem to exist, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And at the end of the day, um, I am a soft believer in Bigfoot and some cryptids. Um, but, you know, uh, this whole, like, believing everything, the reason why we don't go down that rabbit hole of belief is because if I don't believe it myself, why would I sell that to, to my audience? And so at the end of the day, I just want people to think critically so that we can really get to the root of whether or not these things actually exist. That's the mm -hmm. point. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the day, um, I, I do believe that there is a pretty good chance that there's still a Bigfoot running around out there. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. For sure. And so we're soft believers in that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't believe every video I watch, especially if it's on YouTube, because people can digitally manipulate things. There's a lot of... Um, uh, you know, uh, like um, CCTV footage that uh, you get a lot of any anything that that records over itself a lot of times tends to get little fractals and yeah. glitches and things. So mm -hmm. I can't necessarily believe everything I see there either. Um, but at the end of the day, this stuff is fascinating to people and, and for good reason. But I don't want to be that clickbait podcast that just keeps using the words to, to, to draw, drive an audience, right? I want to talk about real stuff. And so that's why, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, why don't they get to the point? Why don't they just do the ghost stuff? Well, because in life, you got to eat your broccoli before you have your ice cream. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> but we've been watching a shit ton of UFO stuff. Had to burp. Excuse me. But we've been watching a lot of stuff about the UFO phenomenon. And, and I think for those who don't know much about this i'm trying to get my mom involved like like quit watching hgtv and quit watching these silly movies on uh what's that channel the hallmark the hallmark yes. channel i understand that it's comfort food and fine everybody has their comfort food but at the end of the day i i don't understand why someone wouldn't be fascinated to know that our government is actually opening the book on ufos in a real legitimate way and that's what i mean is that if you don't know, then you don't know when it comes to politics. If you don't know what you don't know, then how can you challenge what you know, right? So ignorance and apathy tends to be the, the mainstay in everything today. And people are impervious to new information because they haven't caught up. They haven't kept up on it. And so that's where we come in as experts to say, we believe uh, that the UFO, UAP thing is real. And... Um, We've watched enough compelling evidence to know that, yes, there's something to this. When you have a UAP congressional hearing in March of last year, 
and they had a closed session and an open session, we reported on that. And so we know that there's something there, but now there's this guy named Lou Elizondo, and he used to work for the army. He was counterintelligence for many years. In fact, his job was to deceive the public about UAPs and UFOs for many years. And when he couldn't get anywhere anymore in his current role to of transparency and, and furthering the, the field, he retired and he decided to make it his lifelong journey to get the government to stop deceiving people and start being a part of the fucking solution instead of the problem. So I want you, if you could, please, babe, to set up the whole, uh, who the players are, what's going on today in modern times when it comes to this UFO or UAP phenomenon. Okay. That's, <laughs> that, that's big, but, um, so, <laughs> yeah. so the core group, um, it's Lou Elizondo, mm-hmm. Christopher Mellon, who used to work with the department of defense. Yeah. Um, Blink-182 guy. What the fuck's his name? I yeah. Okay, so there's a lot. That was a big, big question. So let me break it down into bite-sized pieces here. So basically, you guys, the, the UFO phenomenon has been happening in America and all over the world for, at minimum, since Roswell in 1948. Okay? So we know for at least 70 years, if not more, there's been uh, reports of UFO crashes in America and in England and various places in the world. In fact, every country seems to have a major, uh, you know, incident when it comes to these UAPs, which is, uh, to clarify, what's a UFO and what's a UAP, babe? Well, UFO is just the old Mm -hmm. word, unidentified flying objects. UAP is unidentified aerial phenomena. Exactly. Yeah. And so what happened, you guys, is Tom DeLonge... (laughs) <laughs> He's the lead singer of that, uh, you know, 90s group, Blink-182. And um, he uh, was the one who got that naval footage released that uh, was very compelling about these tic-tac-shaped UAPs flying around over um, the ocean there. And, uh, and so he was able to get that finally declassified. And then um, he got this group together, and now they're kind of like this power duo of people all working with each other to try to get uh, a few things done, but but mainly to get, wouldn't you say, the, the government to start stepping up and, first of all, quit. Um, I think we're trying to remove the stigma of UAPs that are seen by naval personnel and commercial pilots and all these professionals mm-hmm. because yeah the stigma when people see stuff they just wouldn't say anything because they were worried about their career yeah and now finally we're seeing this group of people open up and tell you that these things are real and we're so it's a, it's a couple of things we're worried that these UAPs could crash into our commercial uh, planes we're worried about the fact that we could have been leapfrogged by a foreign adversary in terms of technologies. Like, I mean, imagine if uh, China had the technologies to have UFOs and we don't. We got leapfrogged. It would become a national security nightmare. So we're worried about becoming so advanced in technology that we become obsolete because it creates a giant hole in our national defense. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. 
And so now it's it's weird how this Tom DeLong guy kind of was the catalyst, but now he's got the Lou Elizondo and the Christopher Mellon, all these high ranking professionals. You've got Navy pilots coming forward now, and all and all these people of of stature coming out to say, and you know, commercial pilots, all these people, all coming out to say, yeah, it's real. We don't know what it is, and so all, uh, what we learned. Uh, is that these people are working very closely with government people to try to legitimize the phenomenon so that um, we don't keep going back to, um, you know, creating a stigma over the phenomenon because it's hurting people's personal lives and their career lives. There's been people who've lost their career in the Navy because of this back in the day. And so we're trying to destigmatize the phenomenon so that people could come out when they see these things. Yeah, and they're wanting transparency in our government. Right. If they are studying these things, then let people know about it. Right. And he's reaching out to governments of other countries, which is one reason he did leave the military is because as a, a member of the military, he couldn't just set up meetings with like the head of France or the head of <laughs> Italy like yeah. he's done. Well, and that's another thing. I'm glad you mentioned that is that the United States has a different priority than other countries like Italy and France. Uh, Italy and France um, treat the phenomenon at the government level as a threat to be assessed. There's yeah. scientific studies being done. And that's another thing that we're now doing. Uh, this this whole thing started gaining traction in government because of the help of Democrat Harry Reid, who then passed the torch because he passed away. And now it's uh, Gillibrand, who's now... Yeah. Created a uh, she created a bill that passed to now be able to study the phenomenon without stigma, without mm-hmm. reproach, without people getting in trouble for admitting these things are happening. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, I just want people to understand all this, to understand where we are in the year 2023. Where are we today when it comes to uh, our understanding of UFO UAP phenomenon in terms of how our government treats it, how compared to how it used to, and and who the players are, and and basically just the rundown of what's going on. And so, yeah, I can't remember the name, but um, basically Gillibrand. What's her first name? It's either Kristen or Kirsten. I can't. Kirsten remember Gillibrand. Which, yeah, yeah, Democrat. She kind of took the passed the torch from Harry Reid to offer legitimacy in our government sector to take these things more seriously, and and she started. Uh, a scientific commission. I can't remember the name of the commission, but this commission now has a bunch of top level scientists working now, just like Italy, just like France to uh, further the field of study. Because like I said, we're not assuming that they're alien. We're assuming that we just don't know what they are. We just don't know what they are. We want to know what the implications of them are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, that's really the whole rundown is that, yeah, where we are today is we're at a place now where at least now our government doesn't seem to be trying to hide it anymore. Uh, That doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to tell us everything, because one thing we did learn from that UAP congressional hearing is that the closed session was a lot longer than the open session. We didn't learn that much from it. Yeah, we didn't learn really anything from the open session, but it was an acknowledgement. But it's an acknowledgement that shit's real, exactly, and that we're no longer going to uh, criticize and stigmatize these professionals who are 
having these run-ins with these phenomenon. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I find that really cool. And then that's my point about incremental progress. Yes, <laughs> we can't always trust the government. Um, and yes, sometimes it's frustrating. But at the end of the day, where we are today in terms of the UAP phenomenon versus 10 years ago, at least we're at a place where we acknowledge that it's real and that we acknowledge that it's a security risk. And we acknowledge um, that, you know, we don't know what it is or where it is. And we do think that it's either foreign technologies or it's uh, black government operations, like it's our own government doing these things, reverse engineering these crafts. Uh, and then possibly, uh, of course, the most fascinating hypothesis is that, yeah, this this is extraterrestrial life coming to our planet. Uh, which, which, well, if they're reverse engineering things, then yeah, that's what it is. It means so, crashes from mm-hmm. decades ago are being reverse yeah. engineered by our scientists mm-hmm. to uncover um, certain technologies that we wouldn't have been privy to. In fact, there's a lot of shows that we've watched that even talk about some of the alien technology. When our, when one show is over, we watched another show that talks specifically about how our technologies like smartphones have been somewhat reverse engineered by some of the technologies that were found in these craft, or so they say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they point to the fact that there was, there's been decades where there just seemed to be such huge leaps in technology that Perhaps there was information that was received from yeah. from craft or technologies that we've well, yeah, gotten a hold of. But. Well, I mean, if what's really funny and odd to me, if you think about it, is that <clears throat> we go back a hundred years. Where were we technologically a hundred years ago? Now go back two hundred years. I mean, penicillin is only what a hundred and fifty years old. I mean, we were in the dark ages only 100 years ago. So imagine where we're going to be so long as we survive as a culture and species. We are going to be so vastly superior in our technologies 100 years from now than we are now. But the one thing that we do find odd is that from now from from now to 100 years ago, every scientific discovery that of any import has been discovered only in the last hundred years. In other words, we lived on this planet for thousands of years without these technologies. And then all of a sudden it just, it's like, ah, we, it's like this aha moment where humanity started figuring all this stuff out. So was that sort of guided by alien technologies or was it just that we learned how to automate things? We learned how to make machines and that sort of prompted us to, to have an exponential growth in our, technological prowess but at the end of the day it yeah, is fascinating to, to complicate compl- very fascinating to think about yes. yeah anyways that's really all i have i mean at the end of the day i just want people to understand that we're in a really good place when it comes to uap phenomenon because at least our government's acknowledging it they're not punishing people for coming forward when they have a sighting and it's also one of those very rare things that is very bipartisan that Republicans and Democrats alike love this shit. And I, I, I don't know, call me corny, call me old fashioned. I, I find something kind of pure about that. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But uh, what do you think about all that? Do you think do you think it's extraterrestrial or do you think it's reverse engineering or do you think it's, you know, 
China or something. <laughs> I don't think it's China or Russia. Yeah, or I don't anything. think so either. I I think it's a very high possibility that it's extraterrestrial and they're just millennia ahead of us as far as technology yeah. is and and they look at us the way we look at ants, mm -hmm. indifferent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I it's, mean, and it and it seems that you know some of the the nuclear weapons that seem to have been disengaged when things are seen in the sky that yeah they're they're maybe trying to keep us from blowing ourselves up before well, we can advance a little farther. We always assume that they might have nefarious intent, and there are hypotheses out there that they're trying a hybridization program so they can slowly take over the Earth. In which case I say, eh, I had it. we had a good run. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or, or, or they are, uh, or perhaps they're benevolent and they're actually in some odd way, you know, trying to help us from blowing ourselves up or something like that. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, the one thing that is weird is that if they've been around since the Egyptian days or if they've been around for the past hundred years and they still haven't done anything to hurt us or harm us. I mean, at the end of the day, maybe they're just coming here for resources. Or maybe they're coming mm -hmm. here to study us, like anthropologists. Yeah. They probably are fascinated in us the way we're fascinated with gorillas or something. Yeah, it's very possible. <laughs> yeah, but um, at the end of the day, I'm glad we're at least acknowledging the problem. I mean, and that's what I mean about progress, you guys, is that, yeah, progress, whether it be socioeconomic progress or scientific progress or technological progress is that it has the tendency to be discouraging because it doesn't happen fast enough. And, and, and there's always like two steps forward, one step back kind of thing. And so at the end of the day, um, I would just offer that, you know, you guys, where we are today might feel hopeless, but at the end of the day, um, we have more freedoms pound per pound than we've had in a, ever. And so at the end of the day, you appreciate those freedoms, appreciate your rights and, and uh, fuck the naysayers, fuck the haters, live your own life and enjoy this life because it's the one life yeah. you have. It's the one thing that is certain is that you're here now. So enjoy it and never mind what others say, never mind what others do. The whole reason we point out all these influencers and influences is to tell you guys to be stronger than that, to be better than that, to know thyself and to have the courage to stand up for what's right in your heart. And when you want to accomplish something in this world, understand that, yes, it's hard, but you are fully capable to get anything you want out of life so long as you work hard enough. And so, you know, I would just um, caution people to get to become a part of the problem. That's what we don't want. We don't need more people out there shooting up schools. We don't need more guns in the streets. We don't need more crime. We need people who can take these matters seriously enough to not weaponize information because that's what's happening today is that we're we're not quite evolved as a species yet to understand our place in it. And so what happens is, is it becomes a lot of, you know, politics and divisiveness and hate and the culture of hate and how that's weaponized for certain wealth agendas and things like that. And so I would just caution you guys that, when you're looking at the world out there to understand a greater sense of, uh, of wonder 
in this world. At the end of the day, yes, human beings are flawed as hell, but that's also what makes us kind of special and unique. And so mm -hmm. if we can find a way to accept each other's differences in a way that we can coexist, man. I mean, I know it's corny, but good grief. I mean, we're all different. We all think differently. We all have different colors of skin. We all have different religions or no religion at all. And once we drop all the institutional behaviors of hate and intolerance, we can just maybe arrive at a place where we can have the best of both worlds, where, you know, I, we, we're always looking backwards to the 80s, wondering why it's gone, you know. Well, innocence is gone, yeah. But that doesn't mean that the human spirit is gone. It's, it hasn't gone anywhere. I think there's a vast majority of people who get too hung up because we have all these technologies in our pocket today that bum us out with bad news. But at the end of the day, there's good stuff happening every day, too. And we have to learn to consume media and information in a way that's not going to toxify our life, you know? Yeah, definitely have to learn that. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what we have for today. I mean, I just wanted to come back, let you guys know that we're dealing with my mom's cancer. Uh, we are tired. Um, I'm trying to uh, uh, salvage hope and, and joy in my life. I'm trying to... We're going to be starting this new YouTube channel soon, and I'll be honest with you. I was talking to my friend the other day. I don't always feel optimistic about it. Not because I don't have something great to offer, but because I guess there's a part of me that's afraid that we're not allowed to um, be ourselves, that we have to, you know, sort of dilute the purity of who we are in order to achieve success. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to compromise like that. No. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. I yeah. Yeah. So, you got anything else for us, babe? Nope. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you look pooped. You okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long day. It's been a long couple of weeks dealing with my mom's. Uh, we got to go there every single day for radiation and chemo. So, yeah, that's that's my job number one right now. And my job number two is the podcast. My job number three is putting out Chef Bright Comedy YouTube channel. So, you guys, please... If you care about us, if you care about hope, you care about humanity, if you care about um, your rights and freedom and joy and purpose, help us. Try to empower us. We will try to empower you. And you can do that in a couple of ways. Uh, come on over to our YouTube channel. That's Chef Bright Comedy. Just subscribe and, and wait. We're going to be putting out videos in a couple of months once we get mom through cancer treatment. And then uh, you can uh, help us also by coming over to Patreon, becoming a patron for as little as $3. If you don't want to do that, just pitch in a dollar or two a month. That's it. If you could go over to my link tree, you go to www.linktree forward slash Chef Comedy. And we're just asking for a little bit, not a lot. We don't want to break the bank. We know people are struggling and that's who we represent the struggling folks out there who are just regular people, good people who want to live in a world and, and discover the land of opportunity in a world that doesn't always feel that way anymore. We get it. We know we're there. We're living it just like you. And at the end of the day, I'm trying to offer hope, uh, not by sugarcoating shit, but by showing you that there is a silver lining to the gray cloud that at the end of the day, uh, we have to create a better life and better outcomes through better thinking, better acting, better doing. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you want to help us out, you know, pitch in a couple bucks, uh, Linktree. We have Cash App. We have PayPal. We have uh, Venmo. All the big ones there. And a dollar or two a month would go a long, long way to help us really prepare ourselves for the, uh, the YouTube channel. And that's where we're going to be doing a lot of interesting things like paranormal TV reviews. We're going to be having lots of very uh, serious conversations about life and mental health. And we're going to be doing more and more and more as this goes on to help regular folks in their mental health and create a culture and society that's more loving, more kind, more decent to each other. That's what it's all about. Yes, it is. Yeah. So thank you guys so very much. We will see you next week. If you have any questions or concerns, come on over to my Instagram. That is uh, chef.bry.comedy. <laughs> we are there. Or just go over to my link tree. That's link tree forward slash chef bry comedy. Thank you so much, babe, for another episode. You, you just always bring it, man. And I love you for it. Thank you for everything. You got it. Thank you, guys. We will see you next week. Bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye.